0: Each workout is a little different. You have swim, you have bike, you have run, if we're talking specifically about triathlon. So I know for myself, if I do the same thing over and over, I get kind of bored. So that's really what drew me to triathlon is because every day is a different sport. And then you can mix in strength training and also recovery. So maybe yoga or Pilates. So then you have different types of workouts every day.
1: Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode on Fit as a Fiddle. I'm super excited to have Sarah Dimmick join us on today's episode. She is the founder and co-owner of Physical Equilibrium, and it has a location in Midtown East Manhattan. We are super excited to have Sarah on because we're talking about a topic that I actually don't know a lot about, um, which is training for big kind of like sporty events like triathlons and things like that. So I'm excited to learn from you, Sarah. Welcome on the show.
0: Great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Of course. So let's start off with you telling us a little bit more about yourself and what brought you into the space.
0: Yeah. So I was originally a dancer, a professional dancer. And I have my undergraduate degree in dance. Um, and then once I moved to New York, I became a personal trainer um, pretty quickly into my dance career and then ended up transitioning more into fitness uh, as the years went on. And um, you know, then I was working a lot inside a gym and I really um started to do more running outside and get into running a little bit more and adding that into my routine. And then um, I also was very curious about swimming for myself because I had a lot of older clients and they would come to me with their injuries and some some of their ailments it was very hard to work with, like arthritis and um other, you know, hip replacement, knee replacement. And so you can only do so much in the gym and I really wanted them to gain some endurance. And so I kept telling them that they should be swimming. And a lot of them were very turned off by the idea. They didn't want to swim in a public pool. They didn't want to get their hair wet. They didn't want to be in a bathing suit or whatever it was. And so, I thought to myself, when I'm old and I the only thing I can do is swim, <laughs> I want to learn how to swim now while I'm young so I can continue to do this as a lifelong sport. So I ended up hiring a swim coach who was a triathlon coach, and actually he got me into triathlon the sport so and after I trained I can if you are very interested I can tell you about my first ever year of being a novice triathlete yes you know there's some tell great us training. tell us okay so I hired um, Walter to be my my swim coach and the first meeting I had with him he said jump in the pool swim across so I jumped in the pool and I probably made about halfway and I was like, like dying and gasping for breath. And, um, and he really helped me with my technique. I met with him several times. And then, you know, in that first meeting that I met him, he said, you have to have a race. You need to have something to train for. And I was like, Walter, I just hired you to teach me how to swim better. I don't, I don't really need to race He's like, no, you, you need to have a race. We need to have it. You can run, you can swim, and you can certainly ride a bike. So, you know, let's just sign you up for a triathlon. And so he helped me pick one. I, I thought he was totally nuts, actually. He helped me pick um, the Danskin Triathlon, and I did that in New Jersey. And it was a sprint race. So it was a quarter-mile swim in the Bay probably about a 10 to 12 mile bike and then a 5k run 3.1 miles. So that's a sprint race and it was all women. So it it would definitely felt a little less competitive. Um, There were ladies in the water with swim noodles and kayaks or paddle boards. And if you needed help, um, you just had to raise your arm and somebody would come over with you to you and give you like a little um, floaty to like use for five minutes or however long you want to take a break. And then you can keep swimming. So it was a very, I would say low key triathlon. Um, But after that first race, I really kind of fell in love with it and I wanted to do better. And so then I started training a little bit more seriously and uh, started racing more. And then um, my clients, my personal training clients were super interested in it. And so then they, they started asking me about questions and then I thought, you know, maybe I should get my coaching cert. Um, so then I can help them maybe do a triathlon. So that's in 2006 was when I first uh, became certified through the USA Triathlon Association and uh, went out to Colorado Springs and took my certification there at the Olympic Training Center. And that was super cool too, just to to be in a spot where the Olympic athletes train. And it was so cool to see that and, um, you know, have some of the coaches that train the Olympians coach us for the coaching program. So that was exciting and I learned a lot. And then over just the course of my, you know, 15, almost 15 years now of racing, um, I've learned a lot and picked up a lot of different things in the sport. And, um, also, you know, working with now just runners, marathoners, and, um, people who just do bike races or just long bike rides or other endurance, uh, athletics. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of where the triathlon thing took me. Wow. Yeah. In addition to just being a trainer at the gym and working with people one-on-one for strength, you know, now we, I also incorporate a lot of the cardio as well and endurance.
1: That's amazing. I'm like, part of me is just, I'm like trying to like jump out of my seat and like, I want to go for a run or do something, just talking about it and thinking about it because it's, sounds like it's so much fun and it's so exhilarating. And that's the truth of it. Like you said, if you didn't have that race, you might not have gotten to it because that race and that competition, even if it's really low key, is such a great way to motivate you to want to do better, not comparing yourself to others, but to yourself, right? And having goals to reach forward for.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, like in the gym, you know, some people are going for aesthetic looks and, um, you know, looking better, like having more muscle tone or getting bigger in their muscles or or um, losing body fat so that they look more lean. Um, But, you know, a race like an endurance race, like a run or a triathlon or something like that gives you a goal. And um, I think that it's a little less, it's not as, um, Well, I mean, you could really put a lot of pressure on yourself to make a certain goal, but, you know, the first goal is just to complete it the first time you do it. So um, you set the bar kind of low for yourself, and then after you do it the first time, then you're like, oh, I want to do it five minutes faster, or I want to do it this way. I want to swim more freestyle. You know, my first triathlon, um, yeah, I swam a lot of breaststroke because uh, it was a different scenario than in swimming in the pool. Open water is different. Um, So those are some things that you have to contend with. Um, So there's a lot of things that can kind of go wrong. Um, And, you know, so setting the bar low at the beginning of just completing an event like this that has many moving parts is a great goal. Yeah. And it keeps you on track for your fitness too.
1: I think that's the best part of it because it takes the focus away a little bit from how do I look and being super like hyper-focused on your body and like what you're wearing and it's like it's not about that. It's about accomplishing a goal and it's about finishing the race or like you said if you've done it the first time and you know you're doing this competitively over and over again, you're trying to beat your time to get better and better. So I think it's sort of like it accomplishes the same thing at the end of the day. It's health and fitness and feeling energetic and, you know, feeling more powerful and more confident in your body. All of those same things are addressed but with a competition like this, it's sort of just the lenses are shifted to exactly. kind of focus on something different, which is really, really cool for me. I'm like, honestly, I, I'm a dancer. So similar to how you have same background. So I love competition. I love sort of the day of the event sort of things as well. But I'm going to tell you, like, I can like swim to save myself from a shark or I can like run away from a robber. But like, that's. That's like, pretty much the extent of it. And I'm sure that it to some extent, before you became, uh, you know, kind of like you were saying you wanted to get better at your swimming, you didn't start off at a place where you were a lifeguard and, you know, doing all of those things, but you gained all of these new skill sets, because while they're all endurance activities, they require different muscle groups and different patterns, right? So you learned those different patterns and you started from, you know, a place of not knowing, but then with the training, you're at a place now where you're teaching people. So that's inspirational for everybody. So if you're listening right now and you're like, yeah, I'm going to turn this off because I'm never going to do this. It's possible to try things that are different and you'll never know where it takes you.
0: Exactly. And I think a lot of it is mental. Look, I, I always say, people ask me like, well, what, what? out of the three sports, swim, bike, run, what, what are you best at? And I said, well, actually I'm, I think I'm mediocre at all three sports. Like I'm not, there's not one that stands out. I don't win. And I don't win races. Like I'm not up on the podium getting a medal. Like I, but I also am very confident that I can swim long distances, bike forever and, you know, run or what, even if you can't run, you walk. So um, <laughs> I, I, that's that's kind of like the mindset that you have, and then you build on that. And um, as I got more, I guess more just fit in the endurance aspect of it, um, and yeah, I got a little faster too. As as you gain experience and your muscles get used to what you're doing. And you're training on periodized training where you're pushing yourself harder and faster for certain cycles and then tapering off. So you can you can get faster and you will get faster and get more power. Um, so, And then you start to think about doing more challenging races. So I went from sprint distance to then Olympic distance and half Ironman distance. And I did the escape from Alcatraz because I kind of was like, I'm not sure if I want to go into full Ironman. It's a lot of time to train and you know i own a gym and a business and um that's a lot it's a lot of training you have to really take a lot of time uh aside for to train for an ironman so then i thought well maybe i'll do just shorter harder races so something like the escape from alcatraz where you know the conditions are really tough you know you have 50 degree water and three foot waves and there they, you There may be sharks in there and the bike ride is in San Francisco. So, I mean, you can imagine the hills you're climbing on your bike and same thing running like extreme hill running and in the sand, they take you down to the sand and you're in this deep sand running a half a mile, um, with sand almost up to your knees. It's crazy. So it's kind of, it's a fun race, um, because it's more challenging. It's not that it's so long, um, you know, three hours or something, two hours, um, but it's more, it's just the kind of like the, the intensity of it.
1: Yeah. So you said a lot of those different terminologies, like the Ironman, half, Alcatraz, triathlon, there's different steps. So could you, for people who don't know, like also myself, (laughs) could you break down, you know, like what each of those events are um, in general and what they consist of? And usually like, I guess the intensity levels of, okay, if you like, um, you know, running more than this might be for you? If you like more like adventure more, this is more for you.
0: Yeah. So most people start with a sprint race as their first triathlon. There's also things called super sprints or they have kid races that are even shorter, but a traditional sprint race is a, about a quarter mile swim. And then somewhere between a 10, so like a, you know, in eight to 400 meter swim. And then it could be even even be up to a half mile. Depends on the race. Um, so a quarter to a half mile swim for a sprint, then a 10 to 15 ish mile bike, and then it's usually a 5k, a 3.1 mile run. Um, but those that can vary based on the t- the race and the the racing company that's re- leading those races. And then the standard Olympic distance is a one mile swim, and then you have the the 25 mile bike ride, uh, 40k, and then a 10k run. So, um, so that's that's the standard Olympic distance. And then you have the half Ironman, which is a 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, and then half marathon run. And then you have the full Ironman, which is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then you run a marathon.
1: My eyes just got, like, really big.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, so if you have ever run a marathon, <laughs> so a lot of people have run marathons, and they kind of understand that. So imagine starting your marathon after you've swam one, 2.4 miles, and then you bike 112 miles. And so maybe you've done a century ride, too. So you know how much how long a century ride would take you 100 miles, but it's actually, for the Ironman, it's 112 miles. So maybe if somebody listening has done a century ride, So then you could imagine swimming before the century ride, probably, you know, roughly, I would say normal people around an hour. It takes them to do a 2.4 mile swim. And then, and then, so you've already swam an hour or so, and then you get on your bike and you do a century, which will take you several hours. And then you get off and then you run a marathon. So, um, you know, distances like this. Um You are definitely working in your aerobic zone you're not going anaerobic very hard you're going long slow um, a piece you can sustain for a long time um, and then it's a lot about nutrition too so if you think about it, um, if you have done any like longer distance race or Um, any kind of event, or even just gone on a long hike one day, uh, you realize that you do need to have food and hydration with you. So that also comes into play a lot, maybe even more so as you get into longer distances than fitness, because after a while you have the fitness to go forever and ever and ever. Um, But it's the fueling your body to sustain it, to keep at it and keep going at the speed that you want to stay in your aerobic zone.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so on the nutrition topic, do you suggest that um, people get, you know, a nutritionist or a dietitian that's going to um, help them through the process, especially if they're doing sort of the higher level ones, half Ironmans? Um, Or do you think that it's sufficient to just, you know, work with a trainer and just kind of get some general guidance on nutrition?
0: Well, I can say that with the USA Triathlon certification, so if you have a coach who's doing who has that certification, you have a basic knowledge of race nutrition and fueling and hydration. Now um, I have the benefit of having in my business at Physical Equilibrium, my business partner is a registered dietitian, so she has her master's degree from NYU in nutrition. So I always defer to her if they, I have an athlete who has some issues, maybe gastrointestinal issues, or if they have certain health conditions that they have to worry about um, while they're racing, whether they might have diabetes or um, any anything else while they're they're racing, any other kinds of Considerations. You're trying. If you're trying to lose weight and also race at the same time, it's you have to talk to a dietitian because if there's a very fine line between eating enough and over fueling or under fueling, and trying to lose weight and having enough energy to sustain, you know, maybe a three or four hour bike ride or a two or three hour run um, at the same time you're trying to lose weight.
1: Got it. Okay, um, so let's shift gears back to just triathlons. Um, what does, as a certified coach, what does that training time frame look like? Say for somebody who, you know, generally goes to the gym three times a week, you know, relatively active, um, you know, does a little combination of strength training, maybe a run on the weekend, a short run. Somebody who's not um, cons- doesn't consider themselves an athlete at all or a weekend warrior at all, but just generally is active and fit for the most part. What does it look like for them to start there? Um, and, and also generally, you know, decent diet, maybe has a cheeseburger here and there, but, you know, tries to have a variety of fruits and vegetables and incorporate protein. When they start off to when they do that triathlon, what does it look like? And what's that time frame possibility um, look like as well? I know everybody is different, but generally, what do, what do you think people can shoot for?
0: so I would say that most of my athletes when they're first coming to me and they're trying to do a triathlon for the first time I would like to work with them for three months Um, I could do eight weeks so two months maybe if they're very fit and they're already running and biking a lot Um, or maybe there's there you know have a lot of swim Practice, so maybe they've done swimming in high school or college and they're very comfortable with open water swimming. So, eight weeks minimum. I would say at least three months, maybe even four months, if somebody's a super beginner, like they're just starting off. And that would be for a sprint race. For an Olympic distance, again, it would be anywhere minimum maybe three months to maximum five months or even six months, depending on their goals and what they want to accomplish during that race. Uh, Half Ironman, I would like a little more time, four months minimum, six months maybe. And then for a full Ironman, I I generally try to get people a year out. Uh, I could do it shorter, again, depending on if you have raced sprints, Olympics and halves, or maybe you've run some marathons, or maybe you've had some centuries under your belt. um, So you know the kind of distances that we're talking about and you're comfortable with those. Um, So anywhere like I said, from a few months for the shorter races to a full year for Ironman.
1: Got it. Okay. And then in terms of actual training for people in New York City, you know, maybe they don't have the suburban fields for them to be able to go around in um, and maybe like the larger pools or, um, you know, facilities. So what, what do you do for New Yorkers to help them train for this?
0: Well, you know, you definitely swim in all the local pools. There's several in New York City that you can swim in. There's also some teams you can join. Um, Sometimes my athletes join a team, but then I still coach them on the side. So they might meet for swim their swim practice with a a triathlon team that has very specific swim goals um, or that they can easily get access to the pool at those hours to swim for the swim team. And then uh, for bikes, Central Park is okay for shorter rides. I would recommend, you'll see a lot of cyclists go over the GW Bridge into New Jersey and go on 9W. That's a very common route. And uh, that's generally, if you have a long ride and you're training for a triathlon, that's where you go um i train clients in the hamptons so out east is a great place to ride you can go for a long distance um out there riding in different conditions there's some hills there's some wind it's all you know that's great and then for runs around the city too you can use central park is great west side highway um Even the East River now has been renovated and it has a good running path. So there's a lot of different areas to run for sure. I would say running is the easiest. You put on your shoes and you go out for your run. Um, Hopefully you do a little warm up at home too so you prevent those injuries. But um, the swim's a little more difficult. Um, the bike is also a little more difficult. But also, a lot of athletes train on their trainer indoors. So even during during COVID, people are training inside on their trainer, uh, putting in a lot of hours inside doing that. Um, right now, the weather's great. So it's best to get outside and use those because in a few more weeks, it's going to get cold again and maybe ice and slippery. So... It's harder to bike outside in the winter in the Northeast. Uh, but our, our race season here on the Northeast is spring to fall, um, you know, generally with the longer races in the fall. This year, unfortunately, a lot of everything got canceled. Um, so we're hopefully, I, I just saw New York City Runs did their first race last weekend. So um, hopefully something outdoor events are coming back and maybe next year, next summer, next fall, we'll have a few more events to train for.
1: Exactly. And I was going to actually was going to bring that up with COVID. It's obviously people's goals have changed. They probably weren't able to do as much as they were able to. Those races got canceled. But now is the time if you're thinking about it, um, to get back into it while the weather is good, and you're able to utilize outdoors as much as possible. So I encourage everybody who's listening, if you do, if you have an interest in any of this stuff, um, you know, not just for, okay, I want to do it just for you know, to lose weight, but just as a fitness goal and something to motivate you to stay healthy and stay strong. Start sooner than later this fall, um, this winter, as you uh, are thinking about it. So, um, I wanted to ask you, Sarah. Now, what are the top three tips that you would give to anybody who is? I want to, and specifically to target those people who are on the fence about doing something like this. They're like, "Oh, that sounds cool," but uh, not really me. Um, what are your top three tips for them uh to encourage them to join this space?
0: Well, first I would say that uh don't discount um your your goals. Like it's this is a great sport and uh it's it's fun because everything each workout is a little different you have swim you have bike you have run if we're talking specifically about triathlon so I know for myself, if I do the same thing over and over, I get kind of bored. So that's really what drew me to triathlon is because every day is a different sport. And then you can mix in strength training and also recovery. So maybe yoga or Pilates. So then you have different types of workouts every day. Um, and some days then you combine them together. So some days you do a swim and a run or maybe a bike and a run. And so then you slowly put them together. And uh it's, it's definitely more interesting.
1: So these are great tips to help people think about and sort of, um, you know, start just opening up the possibility of, okay, what, what are these different, different paths that I can get with my fitness journeys? Um, it doesn't have to always just be hit the gym. It could be other forms of training as well. So I hope that whoever's listened today, um, could open their mind. That's the purpose of the podcast is to open you up to different Health and wellness avenues and to explore different paths for your own personal fitness journey. So, thank you so much for coming on, Sarah, to chat with us about this. And now, if people wanted to train with you or come to Physical Equilibrium uh, Midtown East to check out your space and train there, how do they reach you guys?
0: Yeah, so find us on the web. You can search Physical Equilibrium, gyms in Midtown will definitely come up. Our website is PHY seq.com Q.com and um, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. So you can find us those places as well.
1: Awesome. Great. Well, I hope that everybody's encouraged to check out their pages and check out their social media um, and ask questions. If something comes up through their platforms as well, I'm sure there's a wealth of knowledge that everybody in that space has. There's um, various practitioners and providers like, Sarah was saying, her um, colleague is also a registered dietitian, so you kind of get the whole package by training with them, or even if you're not doing an athletic event, if you're even if you're just trying to move one step forward in your own personal fitness journey, it's a great space to meet a lot of different practitioners and providers and trainers to um, learn more and be more inspired. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on to the show. I learned so much today, and I'm, I really want to take my bike out now, so... <laughs>
0: I know. Let's sign you up for a traplon.
1: Yes. I, I'm actually like really considering it now. <laughs> it sounds so fun. Couch. It'll be easy. It'll be fun. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode. Please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.